Good evening. Uh, welcome to There's Coffee here with your girl Ava Hawkins. Um, thank you so much for listening and chiming in. Um, thank you for the plays that I'm getting so far. Listen, I, I am loving my fans, the two, three, four, five that you are. Listen, I appreciate you and thank you for starting on this journey with me as I speak my truth and hope it blesses someone and hope to help heal and move us forward especially um everybody and then the soul of that is with us ourselves black women so <clears throat> here we go so i was just looking through some of my old notes because uh, i was looking for this prayer that i'm always um try to do before i do the blogs in regards to like you know god taking me out of my you know don't take my ego or whatever out and then, you know, put your words in, you know, do your damn thing. You know what I'm saying? He know, he speak. Um, and so I was looking for the prayer and I couldn't find the prayer, but I did find some old notes, um, in regards to some of the things that I wanted to, um, actually talk about. And I've made notes and actually titles, of subjects that I want to talk about. So I'm trying to get better at this thing, y'all. So thank y'all for coming with me and growing with me and yeah so um tonight's talk and I just realized that you know um one day I'm going to grow to a point where these things are done at a consistent time of day or I won't tell on myself that the fact that these things are random as hell <laughs> it's kind of like one of those things like when the spirit hits me to speak I go ahead and speak these things aren't written down these are literary things off the top of the dome that i've been been thinking about constantly meditating about you know thinking about them things that pop up as i'm listening to these audiobooks which are fantastic jennifer lewis's audiobook has changed my life i would love to meet her interview her because her story about bipolar disorder and how that literally was like mirroring my everything i was like please one day listen auntie me her need to like be in the same space like god willing um <clears throat> but this evening um and speaking of that uh um in regards to her and talking about healing and mental health and things like that um the subject of this evening talk is the importance of creating safe spaces and um <clears throat> and as i was going through my notes i couldn't find my prayer but um, this blessed me in regards to one of my outlines that I actually wrote for notes of things that I want to talk about. And at the bottom of it, it states what um, best lives can only live in healthy environments, which is a thing that is very true. Uh, you can't live your best self or be into your best heights or get to where your purpose is, where you're able to see and breathe better until you get into a healthier environment. So I was just talking to my best friend the other day about how, you know, this whole growth thing and, you know, actually knowing that um, we need to create spaces for each other for healing. Like we need to create safer spaces for us, um, especially for black women, because we got a lot of healing that definitely goes on. I mean, listen, Malcolm X said it, you know, Beyonce, you know, recently then cheered it. We put it all over the, uh, YouTube. But I mean, the most 
unprotected person in the world is the black woman. Remember, I talked about it in one of my previous posts. I mean, if white men is the exact power, the person who is treated the exact most, if you put it on a scale from opposite to opposite, is a black woman. And that's it. <laughs> and because of a lot of a trauma and stuff and things that we have, it's necessary for us to create safe spaces for each other for each other to heal and help each other learn how to get healthy and to set healthy boundaries and create spaces so that they can be them best selves. Sometimes creating safe spaces will mean that you will have to um, learn to separate yourself from very hard family members who you love dearly. Uh, <clears throat> You know, that whole fun and games, it's like things are jokes, but they ain't jokes. And like they're used to dig. But like, if it's really true, it's like it's fucked up that you use it against us. So like that whole phrase of angry black woman, like it's like you say that like it's a bad thing, but like not understanding that black women got a lot of shit to be angry about. You know, um, like even in Solange's, um her album, one of those songs was like, yeah, you got to be right to be mad. We do have a right to be mad. I mean, you know, we're talking about how we are sexualized and, you know, how we are mistreated and we are not protected by black men. And in regards to protected by black men, what we're talking about is actually creating a space where we know we won't get molested or touched or anything. It's not in regards to you telling us how we need to act or how we need to project ourselves or whatever that is. That's that bullshit. What we're talking about is you checking your boys in regards to knowing that he's not supposed to be messing around with that 12, 13 year old girl. You need to be watching that dude that you know that's your homeboy, but you don't get into his business. But you always wondering, you need to check with your daughter in regards to the dude that he says she don't like when he come over, but you like, that's my best friend, bitch. I mean, little girl, like, <clears throat> you know, these chicks that bring these boyfriends in, like, that's what we're talking about. These men that go out and that are pedophiles. Protect us from that shit. Get your men. Get your men in order. Get your men in order. That's what it is that we meet. We, that's that safe space that it is that we're talking about. Not you making, uh, uh, not us making you look good out there in the world and not being disrespected. That is not a safe space for us. We need to actually feel safe. We actually need to feel protected. We need to actually understand that in a safe space in regards to black men that we are protected and we are allowed to grow and we are allowed to be seen as cherished and delicate and things like that. And so we won't <clears throat> grow up and have these daddy issues like these jokes about daddy issues. Them shits is cool. And so they really sting like you know, these daddy issues, like I know dudes that make joke about daddy issues, it's memes, you know, talk about chicks that on the pole, daddy issues, blah, 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 or whatever it is. But the thing about it is, is that daddy issues, those come from probably the dudes that you hang out with, smoke with, your family members, you know, your homeboy, your frat brother, you know what I'm saying, your favorite cousin, whatever, those is those dudes that is doing it. But y'all just going and saying that that's not my man's business. But if we're a village, if we're supposed to be a village, that's what it is that we need. And somehow we're missing that. And that's what we're talking about. I don't need you to check me. I need you to legit protect me. That is what it is. That is the space that we need from black men. 
there's too much molestation. It's too much shame in regards to that. It's too many young black girls that are getting touched. Shit, I had a boyfriend, <laughs> uh, quote, 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 unquote, or whatever. I was 12 years old. His name, I, he was 21. His name is Jimmy. And I wasn't the only 12-year-old chick that he ever dated. Daddy issues. Yeah, I got them. Them shits were serious. But at the same time, who's the adult and who's not? Why should a 21-year-old man even want to even remotely even be hanging around 12-year-old chicks? Um, It was nothing sexual. But even if it is, I know girls that it has. Like, <clears throat> even in songs or whatever, you talk about these girls. These girls are fast. How the fuck you think they're getting fast? Like, if you sing it, like, what was it, in one of Dre's songs or whatever it was, they talked about that preacher's daughter, second dick at 14 or whatever, like a grown woman. How do you think she got to that, though? Think about it. Because someone had to show her how to do it. Some man had to come in and show her how to do it. Now, who was it? Was it the boyfriend? Was it they daddy? Was it they uncle? Was it your best friend? Is it the dude whose business you're not going to get in because he a grown man and, you know, we don't get into grown man's business or whatever. I'm not going to be that dude. Are you not? Is that more important than protecting black women? Is that more important than protecting our bodies? That is a safe space it is that we need from you all. <clears throat> that is what it is we're talking about. In regards to black women, we need to create our own safe spaces for healing. For example... Ah, <laughs> listen, I know I'm going to get some slack for this or whatever it is, but look, 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 the bonnet situation. I'm sorry. It can't. I cannot. I cannot. I cannot. I cannot. Listen, listen, I understand how hard the upkeep of hair is. Me and hair got a real delicate um, relationship. Um, there have been a lot of ebbs and flows in regards to my hair and my feelings and my projection and how I feel about my work. Um, currently right now we have summer hair that we just got done. Shout out to Crystal, um, who helped shape this into a bomb ass blonde, um, Bob that my husband is like really feeling. He tell me like every day, like, yo, that hair though, that's what's up. So I'm cute, right? I'm real cute. I'm mad cute, whatever it is. But I understand in regards to appearances, you know, sometimes, you know, everybody gets a boost from, your self-esteem. And I feel like in regards to the bonnet, and then it turns into the pajamas, and then it turns into, you know, the going around. There's something in regards to anger. No. Depression and sadness and fear, which is shown by anger and frustration about the situation, about being mad and not even knowing that we're mad. <clears throat> Black women. There is 400 years of trauma that has to turn around and pass down from generation to generation. Uh, a lot of our backgrounds come from rapes. There's been a lot of rapes of black women. That's slavery. I want to make it very clear. I don't throw out the word slavery like that. I'm like, if you don't know about slavery, it was like it's about the rape and torture of some people, not just picking cotton and helping the economy. I mean, rapes, you know, we look at skin tones and the multitudes of all the colors. And, you know, some of that was a lot of that was not done willingly. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of taking of the black pussy, least protected. And because of that, 
their traumas that have been passed down from generation to generation, especially because of the whole environment where, well, what you got is better than what I got, so be grateful. But a lot of time we're already starting off at a deficit. So I was talking to my best friend in regards to how I feel like my growth and how I feel like my therapy, you know, like consistently five years of um, meds and five years of, you know, four to five years of real therapy and work to reduce visits and, you know, talking out real problems and, you know, having real dialogue, you know, with having this like squad and this team now of like doctors and therapists and best friends and, you know, a husband and people who've created the space for me to be able to break and then be able to or falter or fall and then help me get myself up together again as long as I'm doing my part in doing the work in regards to help getting myself together because I know that my actions and how I feel and my anger and my frustrations are things that have been passed down to me. Those are things that need to end with me so I don't pass them along to my child because the things that you don't acknowledge and you don't address, you end up passing. We don't acknowledge a lot of the drama and things that we have gone through because there is a lot of shame attached into our background and into our DNA. And we don't want to talk about those things. We just kind of want to push them. We kind of want to ignore them because so for so long we have had to. And those things are going around and being passed around <laughs> into our thing. There is a lot of anger and frustration that is masked by but you know but that's my mom or that's my auntie or that's my grandma that's just how we are that's just how we love you know what I'm saying it's tough love you know that's how everybody was that's how we check each other or whatever but there's a lot of trauma and a lot of anger um I'm speaking from my own experiences in regards to so um you know my mom (laughs) who I love dearly and, um, you know, um, at some points in my life has, uh, my mom has been a person, um, that has been very hard to like, and I can say that as a person who at some points has been very hard to like. Um, but a lot of that comes into my background and the space that it was created that for me to develop and grow and it was safe from some things but just because it wasn't like a whole lot of physical abuse the emotional and verbal abuse that went on throughout the house the environment of arguments and um, stress and tension and like the dysfunction and the headaches from such like a young age and being raised in that um, you know uh, my mom gets upset for me talking about in regards to it because it's my truth. Because she's, you know, is ashamed of it. And, you know, this is a thing that we work through um, because I understand it. But I also understand that when you're in the midst of dysfunction, it's really hard to know that 
you're being you're in it because what is considered your normal is what it is your norm. My mom, um, by the time of the age of 15, was taking care of, I think I've talked about this before, but I want to talk about it again because it's created into the space and it's um, prevalent to the story. But um, so my mom, by the time she was 15 and grew up in Robert Taylor Projects, she was taking care of her mom, who both of her parents who were older. Um, and her mom was a diabetic and blind and her father had had a stroke. Um, and both her parents died by the time they age of 65. So relatively young. And she was like, um, I think her father died when she was like a teenager and her mother died when she was like in her early twenties. So, um, that's my mom's story. Um, and also had, you know, a brother who was drunk, who was a drunk. Um, God love him. Uh, but it was a lot of dysfunction in that family, you know, and talk about it and a lot of fighting. And, you know, she um, before that, she came from the West Side. So my mama was like born, raised in the West Side and then moved to Robert Taylor on the South Side. So Diane is a certified thug. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I didn't know. I was like, oh, so she crazy, crazy. Like, no one told us that. Like, my brother and I, we knew about Robert Taylor, but we didn't know she started, started off on the West Side. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Like, so you was born on the West Side? And then you went to the project? Oh, this explains so much. Like, I feel like, mom, you should have came into this world be like, hi, I'm your mama. I'm from the West Side. Uh, <laughs> no, shout out to the West Side. And listen, it's all fun and it's all love or whatever because all black and we all grow. So, boom, just know that. Anywho, um, that's my disclaimer. But um, so, anywho, so my mom's life was very hard. So, for oh, and then within this, she also was graduated valedictorian of her class at the age of 17. So, <laughs> for Diane, there was no excuse why you would get anything. Anything below a B in any type of class in our household because we, sh we as high park kids, we not project chicks. We, I'm not a project girl. I'm not out there fighting in the street all day. I'm, you know, not taking care of parents who are sick or whatever it is. So your environment, you should be doing X, Y, and Z. There's no space for you to ever falter, fail, do anything or whatever because you have the right space and environment. Not taking into consideration <laughs> the current environment we were in where she was in a very toxic marriage to a father who had both of them had a lot of dysfunctional issues a lot of arguments um a lot of shit um growing up no heat no hot water you know financial things off lights off lights on can't craziness that was my foundation um, you know, there, which was bad, it sucked or whatever. And granted, I know that that wasn't anything that she was doing on purpose, but that's the thing. It's like that her life was better than what it was. Like things that she had done had been better than anything that it was that she had ever seen. But like, but she was just living it. She didn't even know that her issues or her things or whatever it was that we weren't getting. There was no space to go ahead and talk about it. 
It was just so much like ripping and running and going and no space and no time to actually sit down and acknowledge problems. And there was too much stress and just, ugh, it was just, but, but it was better than what hers was. So it's a great improvement, but it's a great improvement from bullshit. So it's like we went from just one part of a valley to a higher part of the valley. We're still trying to get to, you know, to to ground zero. We're still trying, you know, get to the, you know, on a scale. We're still trying to get to, um, God, why is it messing me now? Like the baseline, ground zero, the, ah, uh, so mad now that I can't think about it. Any other time, I would know what exactly it is to the zero balance, whatever it is. Y'all know what the fuck it's to dead, dead zero in the middle of the scale. Anywho, um, you're trying to get to that point so you can get to the positive side. So um, even within this, when I was talking to my best friend about my growth and my journey, it's like I finally got out of the valley. I finally got out of the valley, but now I'm at the bottom of the mountain. So... I mean, I'm out and I understand that I got a purpose and I got growth. I have a safe space now to go ahead and do it. But now I still have to go ahead and do the work. But I wouldn't have had that had I not had these safe spaces to go ahead and heal and plan to go through and help grow. So when I say the thing about the bonnets, going back to that, I think appearance has a lot to do in regards to your esteem. And I think that sometimes... When the bonnet is it, it, it just represents that it's a lot of sadness. You know, we talk about that that you know when you look good, you feel good, and like a bonnet is such a thing where you go ahead and you like just, and it's not just a bonnet. It's like the it's not like you put on the bonnet and then you put on like a bomb ass suit or sundress or something. You'll shave and you out there and you stunting. Like no, nah, it's usually like you know for the most part you running errands or whatever. But it's stuff that's legit like. You wear it to bed, you wake up, and it's one of those things where, for me, it represents, like, a form of depression and or sadness. So, the jokes is funny until they not. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, now, all of a sudden, it's a thing where you all feel like, you know, something that's an indoor thing belongs on the outside. But that's just something in regards to decorum, etiquette, or whatever. But, I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, you don't make jokes about it unless, like, it's something that you talk about. And I think, like, a lot of it also has to do with... You know, not for us not knowing how to take care of our hair properly. And sometimes just a bonnet is like the best thing to just throw on there and go out there. But I feel like, you know, our hair are our crowns and we need to go ahead and do better by just presenting ourselves better or whatever. I think it says, excuse me, throw dry a lot about, you know, appearance and self-esteem or so forth or whatever. But I say that in love, but it's something that I just, I, I really feel that's addressed. But even within that, even within having opinion of it, I still need to create a safe space for that sister who, one, has an opinion that differs from mine. Just because she differs from mine, just because, you know, she feels the total opposite way, doesn't mean that she got to be a bitch or a dumb hoe or a motherfucker or whatever it is. You know, even if she doesn't make sense or you don't feel like agree or whatever it is, I still need to have a space for her to be able to say her piece, us to be able to be able to say either we agree or we agree to disagree, but also in the understanding that it's all love. That is the space 
that we need to go ahead and create each other with each other because that's the whole thing you can't heal and you we can't live our best lives and we can't go forth until we create those safe spaces for you so what does that mean creating a safe space means that you need a tribe you need a squad you need um and I'm listening to, I've been doing these audiobooks and I've been listening to Brene Brown a lot. Um, I am currently reading Rising Strong. Uh, and she talks about, you know, being like rising up and being your best self in regards to telling your stories, in regards to relating to um, growing and getting better and, you know, becoming faithful and finding purpose and blah, 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 blah. Um, basically uh, sharing our stories. Um, with each other, things that it is that I'm saying I'm doing and how she says for rising strong to be used to be a better parent, um, to be a better leader um, and how she felt that rising strong would be things to address, you know, all sorts of areas, especially things that we're talking about racism. So I was like, boom, because I love it. Um, and that's the whole thing. It's like we need help and we need guidance of even understanding that, um, you know, our dysfunction has dysfunction and it's generational and it's the norm for us. And it's become so much the norm that we just feel like that's what's up. Like so many people angry and yelling or whatever it is that they kids. And it's not so much like yelling at your kids to stop to slow down. It's the other ones like shut your little ass up. You being stupid. Stop begging for shit. You know what I'm saying? Like out there like that cousin at your kids like that or whatever. But that's so normal because we don't understand that there is uh aggression and anger and what underlines as a fear in regards to not feeling protected in regards to abuse and things that haven't been talked about in regards to shame in regards to um feeling less than in regards of not being seen um that apply to black women and we need to create spaces for us to understand what our hurts are and what it is that we need to heal to go ahead and be great. Um, we need to create those spaces for us because sometimes when we're in these places where we are the only black and they're the only female or whatever it is, there are places or spaces where people understand we need to create those spaces where black women can go ahead and vent to each other. And even if it's not my experience, be able to say, you know what, sister, I get it. I love you. Vent, say what you need to be here. It's a safe space. Um, the safe spaces that I have my tribe like I said, it's my best friend, my husband, you know, my brother, my therapist, my psychiatrist, um, the places where I know I can legit like fall all the way apart if necessary. Shout out my girl, Akila, um, who I knew in high school and then became my boss and then she was my boss in the midst of me finding out in regards to the whole Blake and autism diagnosis like she was there for me in regards to that and when I say like literal fallout like there would be days where I would legit be in her office with the door closed falled out on the floor crying because I didn't know what was going on and autism had started to take over my life and everything like so those are safe spaces places where you can say everything and people understand that you need a space to vent and understand that you need a place to heal and understand that, you know, you are doing the work and you are growing and you're able to talk things out and you feel safe. And, you know, these things that you say will not be used against you. You know that you are protected. You know that 
you are truly loved. Um, and within that, once you have that, if you have your nucleus, you can go out there and change the world. You know, if you think about it in regards to Jesus, Jesus had 12 homeboys. Like when those were his dudes and he knew that he could go out there anywhere in the world. Did one of his dudes do him dirty? Absolutely. But you know, life, niggas, uh, motherfuckers happen, jealousy comes in, da 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 da. Life happens, shit happens, Jesus knew it and that's why he was like, fuck that shit. I'm tired. I don't like these people, but you know, God forgive them because they dumb. Ah, um, <clears throat> more on that at another time. But, um. Yeah, the thing about it is, is that one, and then also on these notes, I'm also looking at it too, ain't no shame in mental health. And we need to understand that there is a lot of trauma and there is a lot of PTSD. And yeah, do we want to say now, oh, so you're using that, you know, that y'all crazy or whatever it is. Yeah, you know what? You might be a little crazy. Like, you know what? Yeah, the stereotype, oh, she might be bipolar, but you know what? I am and I was. And it explained for a lot of shit, especially when you turn around and address it and get real help for it and get on a real plan to go ahead and help heal it. It's one of those things where you can now honestly sit back and see what it is, the role that you played in regards to any hurts or any issues or any situations or whatever it is to be able to heal. If you don't have a safe space, if you are in a space where you are feeling threatened or you um, someone wants to kill you, if you are in a dysfunctional relationship, if you are yeah in a toxic marriage, um, if you are in... Um, a, a, a bad situation when you're still in like slavery or when you are in uh, the sin of debt. And that we'll talk about that in another podcast where I talk about how cash and that's how really they say sin. That is a, a sin because when you can't um, address when you just working in the struggle, you don't have time to turn around and stress about what money comes. So more money, more problems. But anyway, more on that. So you are in these situations where you are not able to go ahead and address real issues and real things that are stopping you from real growth and is stopping you from your real purpose and from stopping you to healing past hurts because you feel because and because you have been reminded or you have been told that what you have was better than what I had, but we started off as a deficit. How many times have we turned around and heard that story? How many times has that story been passed down from great grandma to grandma to whatever it is so that that issue is that whole straight, strong black woman issue. So be strong because we've been through more and we've been through harder. We have. But is that cool, though? Like, is that good? Don't we get to a point where we break or where we snap or where we're at now? Do we not understand how stressors come along and stressors and trauma that has been passed down eventually cause people to snap every time that there's a murder from some crazy white boy everybody all of a sudden wants to dig into his family history and talk about mother that was a alcoholic and a daddy who was an abuser well let's go ahead and talk about you know the fact that you don't know who your daddy is because some white dude turned around and raped your grandmama like you know what i'm saying like whatever the, those stories that have been passed down or whatever where like the story is where at least she wasn't abused by your daddy what that's the measure that's the barometer that's the ground zero huh that's what we based it Life on those a bad thing. Like I told my mom, like, you know, like you don't realize, like, I was like, how do you not realize that that was a fucked up situation that you grew up in? I was like, can you imagine me at the age of 15 taking care of? She was like, hell no. I was like, I can't even get the sentence out before you would see me at the age of 15 turning around and taking care of two grown ass people. Somebody was blind with show, and that was your normal. And then my mom told me, well, that was so many 
of her friends and there were so many life situations. I was like, yeah, and it was fucked up for all of y'all. That's fucked up a way to go ahead and grow up. And that's a fucked up way for that to be your childhood. And that's a horrible trauma to go through to never go ahead and address. And if that is the normal for us, if that is a thing, then that is something that is sad and that is wrong. And that is something that needs to be addressed. And that is why mental health is a huge, 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 huge part of what it is that we need in our healing. And we need those safe spaces for people who support you in regards to that journey. People who don't get it, they ain't got to fucking get it. This is about you. This is about you and your health. This is about you and your healing. This is about you letting go of anger and past hurts. This is you learning how to love people who you really, really, really don't like at times. This is about you creating, um, 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 damn it, damn it, boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. We just talked about that early. This is about you learning how to create boundaries. This is about you, uh, stopping with the struggle. This is about you, uh, not being so sad or upset that you just wonder when the pain's going to hit. This is about you getting out of depression. This is about you getting help and everything that it is that you need so that you can live your best life. Um, and I know that those things work and they are hard, but they are necessary. Therapy is key. Go out, find a therapist. If you already tried therapy and it didn't work, guess what? Go find another therapist. Go find something else that helps. I understand if you pray, take it to the altar. Pray for Jesus to find you a really, really good therapist and a psychiatrist and a doctor or whatever it is. Somebody to go ahead and help you address that depression, that sadness, that anger, that frustration, that you know what it is that you need to address. You need to go ahead and get help, sis. I love you and I hope you create the space for yourself to go ahead and get that healing um, that it is you need. So um, thank y'all for listening. Hope you share. Hope you uh, please, if this blesses you, share it, share it with someone else, post it, you know, make comments, send comments. Um, also hit me up. Um, I don't have an email address yet. I'm going to get an email address because I want to start, you know, if you have comments or whatever, commentary or critiques, you know, I'm open to constructive criticism, possibly, maybe. I don't know. I'm, you know, Jesus is still working on me. But whatever it is, um, I love y'all. Thank you for listening. Have a good one.